Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And you know, Julie, we live in a, we have it pretty good, you know? We we have uh, access to clean water. Mm-hmm. We live in a, um, a relatively parasite-free environment. I mean, we all have as our parasites. As far as we know. Well, yeah. we have our parasites. Yeah. Um, they're, they're inevitable to a certain degree. But... Um, but, but when you when you really start looking around at some of the uh, the problems that uh, that are dealt with in uh, some of the more developing parts of the world, um, it, it really is a wake up call to just uh, how thankful we should be. Not to get too you know gushy here, but uh, but we are in this episode we're going to talk about um, something that is both on on one hand a very gross and a very um, fascinating. Organism, a parasitic organism mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, of interest, just because it is an organism that carries out its uh, its its genetic mission in a very peculiar um, and engaging way. It's a very stealthy parasite. Yeah, very yeah. stealthy, and we can admire its uh, its purity, you know. But uh, but on the other hand, it is also a huge um, world health issue. It is uh, it is something that is of, of great concern to organizations like the, the World Health Organization, and particularly the Carter Center based here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Who uh, we've been chatting with, you especially have been chatting with uh, this week uh, to get geared up for this episode on river blindness. Yeah, I mean, usually we will talk about parasites, and as you say, we'll talk about them as, as destructive forces, but we don't always go into these um, these larger public health arenas. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be really interesting to, to, to today talk about um, 
again, like you say, the parasite itself, but what sort of destruction actually happens when a parasite really infiltrates a community. Um, so we are talking about something called onchocerciasis. This is also known as river blindness. It's a parasitic disease caused by tiny worms or nematodes, onchocerica uh, volvulus worm in particular, and it is transmitted by flies. Black flies specifically, which are yep. these... Nasty little things. When, when I lived up in uh, in Canada in uh, in Newfoundland as a kid, we had we had black flies, and they were vicious. Like like yeah. Now I, I'm not certain it's exactly the same. You know, it's, it, maybe it's just a cousin of the black fly. But but just the the word black fly even now inspires uh, itching and uh, slapping on my part. The, all right, yeah. so it kind of strikes fear into your heart already. Yeah. Um, well, imagine if it was carrying this this parasite, um, and you were then infected by one of these bites. Yeah, and and the thing about when we're talking about one of these bites, and certainly like when I was in Canada dealing with a black fly, mm-hmm. we you get a couple of bites. But in some of these uh, these uh, these areas, be it, be it like Uganda or uh, or or certain parts of uh, South America, mm-hmm. um, you're talking about like twenty twenty five bites or more per hour when you're out in and in, in about. Right. Um, so you're just getting bombarded with these bites, and then. These these are infected bites, and that's really key to the transmission yeah. as well. I mean, you're you're not probably going to get this parasite unless you get multiple multiple bites here. Um, but let's just talk about before we start talking about the Carter Center. We talked about the parasite itself. Let's talk a little bit about the symptoms. Um, yes. We were talking about intense itching. Yeah, it, itching. Uh, the accounts that I was reading and, uh, and 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 listening to about this, we're talking about a level of itching that most of us can't really fathom. Like like constant nonstop extreme itching that uh, that does not cease can mm-hmm. prevent uh, can can really prevent sleeping and 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 still insomnia for years mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not uncommon for people to commit suicide to just just over the itching alone. Right, um, you've got skin discoloration, of course, mm-hmm. and you've got rashes, eye diseases, and most notably, um, this can lead to permanent blindness. Yeah. And we'll talk a, a little bit more about the blindness aspect of this and how the, the worm accomplishes this. But as you can already tell, this is um, an incredibly tormenting, devastating disease, um, particularly if you are in one of these developing nations and uh, you already are poverty-stricken or you're already dealing with a host of other issues yeah. just trying to live your life on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and there are other particularly harmful diseases that are that are often pr- a problem in these areas as well. I mean, these are areas where you're, where you're dealing with HIV/AIDS in many cases, and there's a huge effort to uh, to tackle that public health concern. Right. And it's in 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 the past, especially, it's been easy for stuff like river blindness to fall to the wayside. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that this tends to um, you'll have communities where you have like 98 per, uh, percent infection rate, mm-hmm. like most of the village. Uh, most of the community is infected with uh, this uh, with this organism, mm-hmm. and they essentially have river blindness. But it's generally in your 30s and 40s where it really becomes debilitating, where you see blindness set in. So you, it's taking people out during the, what should be some of the most uh, active uh, decades of their life. Yeah. You have so you have people that are otherwise, uh, you know, the, the, of, of sound mind and body. But now that first they're robbed of to a certain extent their sanity by by the, the, this itching, this constant itching, they can't mm-hmm. sleep, uh, constantly having to deal with this, and then they're robbed of their sight as well. Well, they can't, so then they can't um, hold down a job, right? right. Um, they can't take care of their children. They can't harvest crops. 
um, you know, they can't receive an education. So it's basically stripping them of their livelihoods and compounding these cycles of poverty for generations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a huge economic impact here. Uh, we're talking about it affecting 18 million people around the world with 99% of the cases in Africa. And it is the leading cause of preventable blindness in the world and is endemic to 37 countries in Africa and in uh, Latin America. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about this disease cycle that happens, this this parasite and how it's being um, carried around in the the mandibles of these black flies. Yeah, I guess we'll start with the black flies. They're flying around there, um, and they're they're carrying uh, this uh, this infection, the uh, the larva, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's set the scene here. I mean, we're talking about swiftly flowing rivers and streams. Yeah, which is which that alone threw me when I was first. Uh, uh, Looking into this because mm-hmm. you 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 know when you're dealing with stagnant waters or still waters, there's always this potential for uh, for s- something horrible to brew there. But f- but fast flowing clean waters, you know, that's that should be safe, right? Well, not so. Right. You you have the black fly that's infected by the larva. All right, it's got it in its mandibles. And the black fly seeks out prey. It wants to feed on some blood, so it finds these various uh, villagers uh, who are hanging out around the water, bathing in the water, collecting uh, drinking water. I mean, this is the center of their life, so mm-hmm. they're there. There's no avoiding contact with the water. The community is often you know, adjacent to the water. So black fly bites you, and then you get the larva in your skin. Yes. And, and then things begin to proliferate. Yep, that's right. So the, the parasite is entering through the, the skin that's been pierced by the fly, and they migrate and form nodules in the skin, and then they mature. Yeah, basically, they, when we're talking about nodules, we're talking about like little, little spheres in the skin, like little round colonies, little. Well, it's almost like the nodules of your spine that you can feel in your back, right? Yeah. Those, this, this is something that's going to become that apparent on your skin when you see that kind of bump, um, forming. Yeah, they look, look like little, like little tumors or little, just yeah. little balloons of worms, basically. And, these things reproduce at an astonishing rate mm-hmm. and and are really long lived. Like you, you tend not to think of things like a nematode living for nine, twelve, um, uh, upwards of you know uh, over twelve years, up to like fifteen years of, of life in this worm that is living inside of this tiny little round glob in your skin. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think of it as like tent city, like your body yeah. becomes tent city for them. The, these nodules are these places that they migrate back and forth to because they, they um, are either moving back and forth to join other worms or mating with other worms. So there's all this activity going on um, in your body. And of course, that's why you're getting some yeah. of these horrible symptoms. These worms are mating. Uh, in, they're they're laying eggs. The, the female, as you said, a thousand larvae a day. Yeah, these uh, yeah, a thousand of these uh, microfilare uh, per day mm-hmm. are, are being laid inside your skin. So it just it's it's exponential. It just it just builds up like crazy. So the the body progressively becomes more and more ravaged by this. You have these uh, these nod- nodules are, are popping up everywhere. They're 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 itching, and then if it spreads to your eyes. That's where you encounter some real problems. Yeah, okay, so, and that sounds weird, because you think about a worm, you probably are thinking about an earthworm or something along right. those lines. You're not thinking about a worm that is the size of the period at the end of a sentence, but the fact of the matter is that's the, the size of these worms, and they can travel to the eye where they create severe lesions, and this is what can lead to blindness. Um, so 
that is a huge concern, obviously, because again, this is debilitating for the person. And the idea is that you want to try to get uh, or intervene with medication before this happens. And we'll talk a little bit more about the medication later. Um, but let's talk about when you are infected. You yes. you are the host that's infected. You are then contributing to the rest of the life cycle of this parasite because you're infected, you're um, bitten again, and then another fly becomes infected with the larvae. Uh, from your body, and the cycle just continues. Yeah, you're like a resupply camp. Um, yeah. You know, we've talked about parasitic uh, life cycles before, and, and that's generally how it goes. Like the organism is not living its entire life cycle inside your body. You are just a stopover. In the same way that a, a human uh, will occupy, won't occupy a single job for their entire life or live in one house for an entire life. You know, it's a, it's, it's a cycle, except the cycle, in this case, always comes back around to the same place. Yeah, that reminds me of when we did an episode on toxoplasmosis and how it uses rats and cats to continue its life cycle and even changes the behavior of those, those animals and perhaps even people, um, which makes me think about this parasite and how it also can change the body's immune response. It can tinker with how things are working inside of us. And you're talking, of course, about the Wolbachia bacteria, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, this this worm is not a, a single parasite or a single organism parasite. It actually contains the Wolbachia bacteria, which is in and of itself unusual. But the reason why that bacteria is hitching a ride with Onchocerciasis um, is because it actually does a job for that worm, um, what happens is that when it infiltrates the human body and the, our white blood cells go, oh, there's there's something going on here, um, those white blood cells, specifically neutrophils, mm-hmm. uh, which are specialized white blood cells, they surround the, the infection point. But what happens here is that that bacteria has already created a ring around the worm and is basically cloaking that worm from the white blood cells. So the white blood cells... Oh, a cloaking device, a bacterial cloaking yes. device used by the bacteria to infiltrate our our body's defense systems. Yeah, yeah. So the white blood cells are then creating another ring around the bacterial ring mm-hmm. and uh, trying to attack that, but it's specialized, right? So it can't actually attack the worm itself. It can't even get to the worm. Um, and then you have something called eosinophils, and this is sort of like the cleanup crew of our body. This mm-hmm. is another type of white blood cell. And it usually could get to the worm and take it out. Okay? It's like, um, it's sort of like the crime scene cleanup. Right. Uh, white blood cell of our body. But again, because it's got this double ring around it now, it can't get through the other white blood cells. It can't get through the, the, uh, bacteria. It's not going to make its way to the worm, which is amazing because what it's doing is it's gaming our immune system. This parasite. Yeah, it's like it's throwing up some uh, some interference. It's like some sort of a like a bank heist kind of a, a flick. It's, it's like coming to mind, you know, where yeah. uh, where it's like the, the the bank heist itself is just distraction, and then the 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 guy who can save the day can't get in to stop the bad guy because the police response is surrounding the building. Uh, kind of a similar thing going on here with the uh, with with, uh, with our uh, nemesis here. Or misdirection, like we talked about with magicians, mm-hmm. what they do to our brains to try to get us to focus on something else. Um, so this is how amazing this parasite is and, and also how detrimental, as you can see, it, it can be because it's just playing havoc with your body. Um, and we're going to talk about the ways in which it has been combated. I'm going to take a quick break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about how uh, we're actually fighting this thing and... 
and really, thanks to uh, to the Carter Center and, uh, and other efforts, we're actually defeating these things. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues 
pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All right, we're back. In, in reading about onchocerciasis, it also happens to fall on the same week where I'm, I'm reading a lot about the, um, the xenomorph from Alien, yeah. which also has a parasitic, uh, a fictional parasitic uh, life cycle. And, of course, there's a, there's a place, there's a, a part in, in the original film Alien where they're asking the uh, android, Ash, um, how do we defeat it? How do we defeat this, uh, this organism? And he tells them, you can't. There's, there's no way you're going to be able to kill it. Uh, and he just tells them, you know, you have my sympathies. sympathies. And uh, the interesting thing about onchocerciasis is when we attempt to fight it, killing mm-hmm. it is not really an option on the table. It right. is, and so our, our means of defeating it is not going in there and wiping it out, rather waiting it out and keeping it from uh, reproducing. That's right. So we're trying to control it, and yeah. we're trying to um, to lessen the symptoms. And so the the disease is really just treated here. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, as you say, it's not eradicable, at least at this point. Uh, so that is done through something uh, called ivermectin, which is an oral medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is part. Um, this is really part of this really the great part of this story, yeah. uh, which involves Carter Center and involves Merck. Yeah, I mean the, the parasite blinding people, not the great part. <laughs> no, no, but, no. But, but the, the, the things that we're doing to, to, to curb it and to control it yeah. and to uh, and to address the public health side of it uh, is is amazing and pretty pretty much a just an awesome story for everybody involved. Yeah. So in 1987, uh, this is only part of the story here. Uh, Merck and company pledged to donate mectazan, uh, which is. Ivermectin for yeah. as long as necessary to all people affected by the disease in endemic countries. This is a huge deal, yeah. right? Yeah. Say what you will about the large pharmaceutical companies, but this is just an, this is an example of 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 a, of a company doing the right thing here and just right. just putting uh, public health above all else. Yeah, and when we're talking, um, just so everybody gets a, an idea of the scope of this, since 2010, more than 150 million mechtazan treatments have been distributed, and presumably many more until this is, uh, you know, completely managed to the point to zero, where there's zero infections across the world. And to put the, the number of treatments in uh, perspective, too, this is not something you take every day. This is something you take annually. Yeah. So you'll you'll dose up on, on, on mechtazan once a year. Mm-hmm. But you'll do it for about 15 years because the idea is that every year you want to pump the stuff in there, keep the females from reproducing, the females that are already living inside your body, keep them from reproducing for their entire life cycle. And, again, these things live 9, 12. um, Generally, the the estimate I was seeing was like 9 to 12 years. Mm -hmm. Call it 15 and you're safe, right? Yeah. Um, Basically, you want to wait it out. Don't let it reproduce for the rest of its life. And then at the end of 15 years, nothing else has been new has been born. 
you'll be clean. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, Merck has pledged um, to, you know, endemic countries to help keep this under control. The pill does kill immature worms mm-hmm. in the body. And if, if they can't reproduce in the human body, yeah. we defeat it ultimately. Exactly, because it breaks that cycle, yeah. right? So if you get, you know, bit again, then, you know, anyway, the transmission, what we're talking about here is is interruption and elimination. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, but Mactazan is, is great. It relieves itching. It improves vision and prevents blindness. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you can get in there at the right time to help prevent that blindness. Because essentially what you're doing is you're giving uh, people their lives back. Because yeah. if you can't work, if you can't take care of yourself, if you are in a family that is already stretched to live, you know, again, day-to-day living here, um, then most likely you're going to be kind of put to the wayside. And for years, some people have been living outside of their communities because they just don't have the resources to take care of people who um, have river blindness. Um so anyway, this really is sort of a life-giving uh, drug and a development that happened in conjunction with the Carter Center. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Carter Center um, real quickly. These guys are a leader in disease eradication and elimination. They target diseases that no one knew um, or did little or nothing about before the diseases, like something like river blindness, were even recognized as a neglected disease. And they've been doing this since the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so they are out there on the front fields, but not only that, they work like in tandem with the countries and the program administrators, um, you know, the community-based volunteers. And this is a huge effort because it's not just like, hey, we're this one organization and we're going to bring this down on high. Everybody can have this. I mean, this takes a, a huge um, commitment, first of all, and second of all, cooperation, uh, different countries, um, you know, different levels of government to get yeah. this you know, going. Yeah, and then because once you get it going, too, it's such a long-term process. You're talking because again, you're talking about uh, supplying this to, to communities yeah. for a period of 15 years, mm-hmm. and you need everybody to take it because because uh, again, these communities are, are dealing. You're dealing with like 98 percent infection rate, so it's like everybody. So and everybody has to take it because if if only some people take this medication, if some are abstaining because of of um, real or perceived side effects to, to taking it or some sort of I, I uh, read some stuff too about you know at, at times there have been like fears that oh it will make me sterile or or concerns that more traditional medical practices uh, in a culture would treat would actually be better at treating this uh, condition than uh, outsider medicine so you have to do a lot of re-education and, and re-education mm-hmm. um, and keep that up for uh, 15 years as well so it's a, it's a huge commitment and uh and the fact that the Carter Center has been so proactive in it is, is really amazing. Yeah, and I think one of the keys um, in learning about the program, particularly the River Blindness Program, um, that that they do, it's not just, okay, here's this drug from an outsider. Mm-hmm. What they really have done is they've o- allowed these countries and these communities and these different levels of government to take this on this the education programs and um, the medication on themselves and distribute it to the communities that need it, to the people that need it, so that... People are understanding it as not an outsider um, agenda, but as right. an agenda that is important um, inside the community. And so I think that has gotten everybody on board. Um, so in that sense, you know, the Carter Center is, is also helping them, the, you know, those communities to help themselves. Um, so that's really important. You've got the, the education component, you've got the, the medicine component, and you have the vector control, right? So there's also spraying that goes on. Yes, yeah. So, so medicating um, infected individuals, yeah, it's just one part of it. We also uh, are getting in there with antilarval um, 
like larval sides, actually, yeah. that, uh, that put in the water. Well, first of all, figure out what portions of a river are really prime activity. So they'll go in, they'll, they'll look at the, the rate of the water flowing through there, like measure it with like little propeller gadgets. And then uh, once they figure out the areas to treat, treat it with this uh, environmentally friendly anti-larval yeah, um, larvicide. Yeah. yeah, and then that that will attempt to kill it off. And then the, you know, you'll look at uh, how the larval populations have dropped off in those areas. Like uh, like looking, uh, typically these larvae will end up crawling all over, like the crabs that live in there, uh, live, right. live in the water. So pull out the crabs, examine the crabs, and uh, and we're you know, we're seeing in some of these areas that were previously hotbeds for uh, the uh, larval uh, infestations. Uh, it's just just not there anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, cutting down. Medicating people, cutting down on where it grows. Um, also, just a, a lot of things like making sure people are, are wearing more clothes uh, in, in areas where they're exposed to the black flies, protective uh, clothing, protective uh, gear, uh, just sort of any little additional seemingly petty advantage you can take can make a huge difference when you add everything up. Yeah, and um, I wanted to touch on elimination versus interrupted transmission, too, because mm-hmm. these are two different terms, obviously, that mean very different things. Um so for uh, for interrupted transmissions, this has been happening with a lot of um, the different countries that the Carter Center is involved with. Um, this interrupted transmission basically happens when 85% treatment coverage of an area uh, is attained and there are no new incidences. Mm-hmm. Elimination is a term that, that uh, you cannot actually use until an area or a country has maintained no new cases during a three-year period called the surveillance period. And that's zero infections, and that's when you know that that is eliminated. Of course, World Health Organization is also involved in um, in, in terming a country or an area eliminated of this disease. But I guess what the, the larger story here is that this is a huge win uh, for these countries and for these areas. Colombia has inter- interrupted transmission um, and has gone three years without any new cases, and it's waiting to be certified as eliminated. Uh, Ecuador, which is another area that the Carter Center is uh, focusing on, has interrupted transmission, has also gone nearly three years without any new cases, and is also being prepared to be certified as eliminated. Mexico and Guatemala have interrupted transmission, and they are in their surveillance period now. Venezuela and Brazil still have endemic areas, uh, most notably the area that crosses their shared border sort of makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Carter Center assists five African countries where they've interrupted transmission in some areas, but not entire countries. It's a little bit more complex. Um, Some countries have elected to go from nationwide elimination or to go for uh, nationwide elimination and others have not. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important, um, that that aspect right there, that you have to have the country on board with this as well or the area on board with this to really decide, hey, are we going to, as a community, go for complete elimination? Yeah. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
So now one of the big challenges is just keeping the fight going, just continuing to, to keep it in people's minds that this is an issue that we need to continue to, to fight, to, um, to eradicate, continue to treat, and just not let the guard down until, um, until it's, it's adequately dealt with in all of these affected areas. Yeah, because as you said before, like to stop that disease cycle, you have to have at least 85% of, of eligible people in the endemic area taking the mechanism each year. Um, until the parasite disappears. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read, I, I believe it was in Guatemala. Um, I may be wrong on that location, but uh, in the Carter Center, they were talking about, uh, or the Carter Center website, they had this great story about how they're trying to really keep the education component of this um, in people's minds for uh, for all generations. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about school-age kids who in their courtyard have um, black fly pinatas. And that's, again, part of the conversation of keeping it in their minds of this is uh, a very real danger. This is something that we need to think about so that those generations will continue to... Yeah, to make prevention part of the culture, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, And I should also mention, too, that there is um, an independently produced film called Dark Forest Black Fly that is tracking the efforts of the Carter Center and its partners to wipe out uh, river blindness in Uganda. And that should be out later this year. But you can check out a clip on the Carter Center's website. Yeah, do do go to the Carter Center's website. You can just do a Google search for Carter Center. If you want to be a little more specific, do Carter Center uh uh, river blindness, or you just do a search for river blindness, and you'll find the Carter Center website on this. You'll also, uh, in visiting that website, you'll find uh, an easy um, way to donate if you would like to donate to uh, to that particular cause. It's a great cause, and uh, I ha- highly recommend uh, supporting it. And uh, oh, and also, if you want, if you're just a little more curious about the organism itself, well. They have plenty of information about it, but there was also there's also a little discovery show that came out a couple of years ago oh, yeah. called Monsters Inside Me. And uh, if you're just fascinated by grotesque, harmful parasites, um, this is the show for you. It's uh, it's 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 kind of a disturbing and dark uh, show. It's a documentary, uh, but with a lot of um, dramatized scenes of individuals. Uh, Encountering parasites, becoming infected by parasites, all based on, on real stories. But they they have a segment in one of the episodes that deals with uh, with river blindness. Um, and it has to do with a, an American chimpanzee, um, yeah, and um, specialist who comes back to the states mm-hmm. uh, infected and has to deal with uh, the ramifications. But uh, but check that out if you're you're interested in learning just more about the the strangeness of this creature. Yeah, and I, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, learning about this more of the uh, the Carter Center part of this, and not just the Carter Center part, but the sort of humanitarian efforts that are going on. We often we talk about parasites, we talk about how deadly they are or how fascinating they are, but this is so incredible to know or to remember that there's this whole shadow effort, uh, and it's not even really shadow, but it's not something that we don't talk about all the time, but there's a huge effort going on to, to help people and to, um, to get them educated and to, to get that sort of health care that they need and to stop the cycles of this that are making a huge difference in their quality of life. So it's pretty cool stuff. All right. Well, let's call the robot over here and do a couple of uh, listener mails before we uh, sign out. Uh, first of all, I want to say that we heard from Adam again. Um, the uh, chief happiness officer who's traveling uh, around uh, the world and sent us the cool hats, which we still need to get a photo of. Uh, I know. One of these days. Been, like this week has flown by. It has. Um, but anyway, he wrote in uh, to tell us what he was up to now. He was in Ho Chi Minh City. 
and he also uh, managed to pick up, and he sent some pictures of the money, but he also says, also, Robert, I suppose this is the Asian Red Bull that you talked about many times on the show. It was available here in Singapore. I didn't try it. Uh, and included a picture of it. Uh, we had a listener send a picture of this uh, this uh, beverage uh, in before, and it's hard for me to place because it looks like it's in cans now. And when I had it a few years ago in um, um, in, in Thailand, it was uh, it was in like a little medicine looking bottle, but uh, but it was a Red Bull product, and it was like really crazy intense. So I've, I've it's I've mainstreaming. Put, yeah. So I I put the call out. It's like for any of our listeners who are traveling through East Asia. Uh, or live in East Asia uh, to uh, to give me their feedback on it uh, and see if it's really such a uh, a such an intense uh, beverage compared to its uh, American counterpart. Um, and by intense, it feels as though it alters your reality a little bit. Yeah, just I mean, it's like like it just felt like an enormous amount of energy, like it was uh, like multiple shots of uh, B12 of espresso or yeah or B12 or something, just really okay charging and sweeter somehow too uh we also heard from a listener by the name of robert robert and it says robert julie and company um he's refining uh, responding to our episode on fiction and reality he says the famed comic writer alan moore's recent work has frequently uh, centered around an investigation of the power of fiction over reality as discussed in your recent fiction reality secret master podcast uh, his Promethea graphic novel uh, novels are a clearly a simplified exploration of the power of myth and symbolism on the human experience. But even more relevant is his amazing, spooky, bizarre spoken word performance, Snakes and Ladders, which ties in the biblical serpent, the discovery of DNA, and obscure writer, um, author Mockins, uh, mourning over the loss of his wife into a beautiful exploration of where ideas come from and what impact they can have on us. It's quite a dense uh, performance, and some of the more complicated elements elude me, eluded me until I read the illustrated adaptation, but it's uh, really worth investigating. Thanks for your continued excellent work in the field of thought-provoking podcasts. Um, yeah, I, Alan Moore is awesome. I encourage anyone to, to check out his stuff. I act- actually have not read or listen to the the titles he mentions here uh, I'm familiar with Promethea uh, I was I was actually reading a little about it the other day that's the one where we get the uh, the weeping gorilla from just like a weeping gorilla that shows up and he's uh, he's always bemoaning something like why can't you get a good cup oh, of coffee I thought you meant about the, the weeping gorilla in the office no no, no. Well, a different a, one no well if you see a weeping gorilla in the office then it's probably uh, some sort of crossover from fiction into reality uh, via the uh, metaphysics of Promethea. Um, as for Snakes and Ladders, I, I don't think I'd actually heard of this one before, though I have read some of the um, fiction of author Machen. Um Unless I have my names crossed, I believe he's the guy who wrote uh, he wrote the Wendigo and uh, uh, some really weird... No, maybe he didn't write Wendigo. I think he wrote... He wrote Winnebago. No, I think he wrote some weird uh, stories about Pan, like uh, oh. like sort of early weird tales, but but at the center of this is, is Pan, the... Uh, the half man, the half, half man, yeah. half goat, and he's uh, depicted in a very, very interesting manner, like a dangerous manner, but a uh, it's it, really powerful stuff. Assuming I didn't uh, screw up my names there, but anyway, uh, thanks, uh, Robert. We always uh, love to uh, hear from people uh, on the podcast and also about other bits of media that tie into yeah. what we're talking about. And finally, we heard from Summer in Salt Lake City, Utah. Summer writes in. And uh, she's uh, responding to our uh, discussion of how stuff works versus HSW. She brought this up because uh, uh, we mentioned on the podcast in the, in the past that uh, 
that uh, even though we say how stuff works, uh, when we go to, uh, to refer to the website or website properties and in internal emails, we'll often put down, uh, just put down HSW to mm-hmm. simplify things, just three letters. But uh, it, when you start looking at the syllables, how stuff works, that's three syllables. HSW, that's five syllables. We end up saying HSW, though, uh, because we're used to abbreviating it on paper, so we end up abbreviating it in our speech. And uh, so she says, I would like to offer a solution that was uh, adopted at the place where I was employed through college. Tennis Warehouse is much longer and more drawn out than TW when written, but they are the same number of syllables when spoken. Being college students, either option seemed uh, to require way too much energy to say over and over, so we instead pronounced it... T-dub. It only uh, solves the, uh, the too many syllable in the letter W problem, but it also makes everyone feel slightly more street smart. So, uh, so her I recommendation like would be for us to go with HSW. Okay, so instead of doing HSW with a four, mm-hmm. right, then we can shorten it back to three. HSW instead H-S-dub. of numbers. Yeah. All right. We well, need to send. We need to send the memo out today. Well, I think we would have to. We'd probably have to get rid of that S. Then we just change it to HW. Or HWD, I don't know, something. Once you start down that road, it's a slippery slope. I understand. I'm you know? thinking of this. I don't know. I'm a traditionalist. I'm liking the HS dub. HS dub. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it a trial week and we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Well, if you would like to uh, talk about anything with us, be it uh, abbreviations and uh, uh, be it. Uh, River blindness and its uh, effects uh, on the world. Other interesting parasites, parasitic lifestyles, lifestyles, parasitic life cycles. <laughs> not so much the life stuff. I, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you have a parasitic lifestyle, l- let us know about that. We'd be interested to know what that consists of. And do but, you have the Bulbach uh, uh, bacteria? Yeah. And how that is you, that working out? Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter. On Facebook, we are Stuff to Blow Your Mind. On Twitter, our handle is Blow the Mind. Look us up there. Friend us. Follow us. Interact with us. Share stuff with us. Um, anything's on the table. Yeah, and do make sure to check out the Carter Center's website. Um, River Blindness is just one of the many programs um, that they work on. And uh, please do feel free to send us an email at blowthemind@discovery.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.